Welcome back, my friends, to episode number nine of the Hostile Environment Podcast. This is the show that continues to grow, continues to get better. And with that being said, I have a couple of quick announcements for all of you. The first announcement being for episode number 10, which I have mentioned in the past, is going to be a landmark episode for obvious reasons, mostly because I wasn't even sure if I was going to get to 10 episodes or not. But I'm almost there, and I've got almost 300 downloads, so things are fucking going really well. So, again, thank you guys a lot. I appreciate that. So with that landmark episode coming up, um, I will be presenting a brand new logo for the Hostile Environment Podcast. Myself and my social media handler slash uh, editor uh, have been going back and forth on some ideas, and we have settled on one that I think has some real pop, some real jump. It kind of... uh, symbolizes uh, everything that the Hostile Environment Podcast uh, means and, and what I want to bring to you guys. So we have Subtle Not a Logo, which I will debut on Thursday. Um, also, I am meeting with someone Tuesday morning to go over some personalized intro and outro music. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, I'm going to go down and we're going to go back and forth and try and settle on something that kind of um, kind of brings the show up, something that we're going to work on together, which is pretty good, because it's got to be better than what I'm doing now, which is pretty much stealing, because uh, (laughs) I'd signed up for a program, Um, so there's all these programs on the internet where they say, free content, free this, free that, it's all horseshit, I'll tell you right now, everything that you fucking see on the internet is somehow a fucking scam, so you you click onto this program, it says, oh yeah, free music, uh, you know, free for your podcast, free for your shows, and they'll give you like a 30-day trial. But as soon as you actually sign up for it, then you get the little uh, email that says, oh, you know, we're going to be charging your credit card. Um, if Unless you cancel after before 30 days, we're automatically going to charge your credit card. And then you look at the prices that they're fucking charging for just like clips. Like I'm not even using full songs. I'm literally using about 14 seconds at the beginning and like eight at the end. So I'm maybe not even 30 seconds worth of music. And they're going to charge me, you know, at least a couple hundred bucks. And I don't really see how that's fucking fair. So um, I immediately fucking canceled. And um, I think my 30-day trial is coming up. So by the time that ends, unless I start paying them, they're obviously going to check out the pod, see that I'm using their music illegally, and probably sue the fuck out of me. Which, considering I'm not making any money on this pod, um, I really don't want to get involved in a lawsuit. And uh, it's it's not really like I could fight. It's pretty obvious that I'm stealing, so... Well, I'm not stealing yet, but I will be in 30 days. So, um, no, not interested in that. Um, so, also uh, with the episode number 10 coming up, there's going to be a few minor uh, tweaks slash changes, um, and one of those is going to be. Um, well, bottom line is I have four set in stone segments as of this point, and because I'm doing two shows a week, uh, I want to start trying to mix and match the segments, except for the Thursday Tone Tales, which obviously will stay on Thursday. But as of now, I have four solid segments. I have uh, news and notes from everywhere. That's basically just shit that's going on around the world, like if there's a little sports talk going on or um, something that's not crazy, a fucking, you know, uh, crazy headline. So that's just like random news and notes and shit. The next one is I got Hostile Storytime. So Hostile Storytime is basically a tale that I'm going to tell you 
that doesn't really it may involve tone, but it's not dedicated to tone. It's just like uh, like other stories that I've told, where Derek throwing up at the food court, or myself being uh, escorted out of the mall, uh, uh, the, the Asian mall, like Godzilla, shit like that. So that's going to be uh, hostile story time. The next one is uh, the headlines from your phone that you'll never see on TV. So I got that third as a third, and then of course the fourth is Thursday Tone Time, which uh, or Tone Tales, which I'm not going to change obviously because that's fucking money. So I got four segments in stone. I'm going to add a few segments here and there, and I'm going to try and mix and match so that, you know, I, I bring something new to the show. I mean, two shows a week. Um, you know, I've got to come up with 40 minutes of content uh, per show, roughly. And um, so I'm going to try and mix it up a little bit and, you know, try and bring you guys some extra stuff. I'm also looking into possibly having a guest here and there, depending on how that goes. I just don't know who you guys want to hear from. Because, you know, if I bring somebody in that's a lot like me, like say Derek, for instance, you're pretty much just getting two of us. Um, so I, I want to bring something to the table that you guys are going to enjoy. Um, maybe I can scrape up like a, a C-less celebrity that's out there begging for change at the TTC or something. Maybe I can bring them on the show. Who knows? But we do have episode number 10 coming up, which I'm very much looking forward to. So uh, let's get through today and let's um, let's talk about... Um, how this show is going to go today, which is basically going to be um, uh, m mostly about headlines. So it's going to be mostly um, hostile headlines uh, today, news and notes and headlines and shit like that. And then I'm going to bring you a, a story at the end, of course. So, um, oh, today, by the way, for how to, this is a huge day, by the way, this being March 29th, because this day uh this well this day will always hold a special place in my fucking heart right off the bat and that's because uh 34 years ago go today hulk hogan slammed andre the giant at wrestlemania 3 now come on even for you people out there who don't fucking like sports you can appreciate when hulk hogan picked up 550 pound andre the fucking giant and slammed him down and then dropped the leg and caught the one two three iconic wrestling moment I remember watching it with my dad. It was fucking incredible. It was, I remember just going insane because nobody thought Hogan could lift Andre. And it was just awesome. So I'd like to name this, to, I would like to rename this as Hulk Hogan Day. Unfortunately, because of Hulk Hogan's last 15 years, that will probably never happen because poor Hulk has had a rough go of it. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe seven, eight years ago, his kid was speeding uh, with his with his best friend in the fucking front seat, and he wrecked his car, and he paralyzed his fucking best friend forever, and then his family sued the fuck out of Hulk Hogan, and they won from dangerous driving, and da da da. So they won that lawsuit, and they took a good portion of Hogan's you know life savings. So they, you know, he went kind of broke there. I think since he's recovered a little bit of cash, but he's not. He he was pretty broke for a while there. Um, then there was what else? What else? What else? Oh, he got. Uh, filmed having uh, intercourse at his friend's house um, where everybody in the world got to click on the video on the internets and see his fucking huge thermos cock. Um, apparently he did not know about this video being made and then there was rumors that came out that he did know about this video being made but either way the video got made so it's on the internet. And uh, what's the other thing? Oh of course yeah, the big one which is uh, him uh, getting caught on, on audio dropping the N-bomb several times, talking to his daughter. Uh, that didn't go over well, especially with a lot of the African-American wrestlers from WWE. Uh, and a lot of people will just never forgive him because 
you did stand for each of each your vitamins, say your prayers, and uh, maybe not dropping the N-word. Maybe that should have been in his fucking uh, repertoire. But either way, Hulk's had, Hulk's had a couple of tough years. So um, as much as I want to say this is going to be Hulk Hogan's day, I don't think it ever will be. So after we get through Hulk Hogan, let's get to a few headlines, shall we? And by a few, I mean quite a few, because I have a few good ones for you. So here we go. 24-year-old burger. Burglar. Yeah. Sorry about that. 24-year-old burglar beaten by a retired boxer. An elderly man was asleep in his home when he was awakened by the sounds downstairs of someone breaking into his home. Frank Cordy, 73, of Oxford, England, a retired Marine, former boxer, as well as a hand-to-hand -hand combat specialist instructor, went downstairs empty-handed to confront the people or person uh, who were downstairs in his home. Uh, when he got downstairs, only 24-year-old Gregory McCallum was present in his living room, armed with some kind of knife. Frank quickly charged Gregory and disarmed him, and then began to toss him around the house, making all kinds of racket and noise, and the neighbors must have heard said noise and racket and called the police. When they did show up, uh, Gregory was pretty badly beaten by the retired Corti. So, basically, what I draw from that is uh, this 73-year-old English-trained fucking killer, not only did he decide to go downstairs with no weapon or any kind of help, he was also so fucking confident in his own abilities that he didn't even call the police himself. He knew that what whoever was downstairs was going to get a fucking ass-whooping at 73 years old. That is so fucking badass. That's ridiculous. And you got to figure, if the neighbors hadn't called the cops, this fucking trained killer would have beaten this poor jerk off for God knows how long. Kind of like a, like a nature video where you see like a lion, you know, batting around a smaller animal, like maybe a, a fucking raccoon or something, just kind of toying with him. I'm pretty sure that's how that's what this went down. So the, then the, you got to figure this poor fucking 24-year-old kid gets to jail and, um, you know, well, what are you in for? Oh, you know, I tried to break into some guy's house, and he kicked the living fuck out of me. Oh, yeah, I had a knife. What did he have? Uh, absolutely nothing. His bare hands. Oh, and did I mention he was almost 80? So, good for him. Good for him. I think his career his career path going well so far. This one, this one's cool. Woman steals her bike back from thief. Kayla Smith of Vancouver, British Columbia, had her over $1,000 bike stolen while it was locked up at the Olympic Village in Vancouver. In Smith's words, she says, I'm a good person. Why would somebody want to do this to me? Well, the next day after her bike was stolen, a friend of Kyla's noticed an ad on Craigslist for a very similar bike, selling for $300 or best offer. Kayla contacted the police with this information, but they said there was no proof the bike was hers, but they would look into it all the same. Well, Kyla was unhappy with that response from the police, so she decided to take matters into her own hands. I mean, that's pretty fucking badass too, right? So we got a couple of stories about badasses. Smith turned vigilante and set up a sting to meet the seller at a McDonald's in the parking lot. Once the man arrived with the bike, Kayla confirmed the serial numbers to ensure it was her bike and not somebody else's, obviously. Once confirmed, 
she told the thief that she needed to take it for a test drive before buying it, where she then rode off and never came back. So that is one fucking badass Canadian chick. Good for her. And I did find a picture of her smiling with her bike on the internets. And I will post that on the Hostile Environment IG page for no other reason than the fact that she's a Canadian badass. And that's fucking really, really awesome. So good for her. Good for Kyla. Next story. Here we go. Creep sends transgender woman a picture of his penis. She responds with image of her own genitalia. There you go, right? Faye Kinley, a 20-year-old transgendered woman, had met a man online and given her phone number out so they could talk more discreetly and directly. I mean, I guess that's the way things go nowadays, right? You meet on these social media apps or Tinder or whatever, and you guys give each other your numbers, right? Well, Kinley was surprised to receive a text message from uh, this man, and upon opening it, saw that the man had sent her a dick pic. Kinley, who was disgusted, decided instead of ignoring it, uh, to uh, send a picture of her own package, and did so. Took a picture of her junk and sent it back. This was the last conversation the two of them had together, so her plan worked like a charm. Um, my question about this whole thing is, it is 2021. Now, mind you, it, we're brand new into 2021, but we're still in 2021. Um, when are people going to stop sending dick pics? Um, you know, isn't this, how is this still a thing? I mean, come on, it, it's it's getting old now. I mean, fuck, come on. It's, it's not even a funny joke anymore when you send a dick pic. I mean, do men who whip out their pricks to take a picture not look at the actual picture they're sending before they hit send. I mean, I've never heard in, in 42 years, and yes, I'm 40 fucking two years old, which still blows my mind, but in 42 years, I have never, ever heard a penis described by a woman as beautiful or pretty or even anything positive, really. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I've heard huge, I've heard thick, of course, I've heard small, I've heard pencil dick, I've heard all that shit but never beautiful. Like, nobody is impressed by a picture of a penis, even if you're fucking rocking a nine-inch hog that's thick like a soup can. I mean, yes, it's impressive, and yes, you should never, ever wear pants at any time. Even at funerals, wear fucking bicycle shorts, because that's crazy. But at the end of the day, it is the ugliest part of either a man or a woman's fucking bodies. It's just, nobody wants to see a dick. I mean, be more fucking creative, shall we? Like, Send a video of your dick and send a video of your dick opening a beer can. There you go. You show me a picture of your fucking hog opening a beer can and you got me. I'm good to go. I will fucking bow down and I will fucking, I will sing your praises for the rest of time. Or just take your little hog or big hog, whatever the case may be, put it in a hot dog bun, put some mustard and relish and all that shit all over it, make it look like an actual hot dog, take a picture and send that out. At least... You're doing something creative, not just whipping your little prick out and fucking taking a snap and sending it because, I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know if women really want to see that. Actually, I know they don't. All right, next story. Texas man shoots armadillo, bullet ricochets back and hits him in the jaw. So apparently uh, this man decided to, he was at his home in Texas, decided to go out back, probably had a few beers in him, I'm guessing, 
uh, and started shooting at random things in the fucking backyard, one of them being an armadillo. Um, I guess he was using his target practice, but what this fucking idiot didn't consider was the fact that armadillos have a super hard shell and a tough tissue coating. So when he shoots the fucking thing, the bullet hits the poor armadillo, ricochets back, hits this fucking idiot in the jaw. Now this seems like this could be a Florida story all day long. You'd have to substitute, obviously, a armadillo and like a fucking alligator because I don't think they have armadillos in Florida, which I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Don't fucking quote me on that. But I know they have alligators. So take uh, alligator instead of armadillo and maybe sprinkle in some bath salts. And now you have a Florida story. But this story did happen in Texas. Good luck to the guy with the fucked up jaw. And, of course, another fucking emergency room story for the frontline staff in Texas to talk about. Uh, next story up, we have a Christian leader who says to his congregation on a regular basis that God sends natural disasters to punish gay people for their sins, has his own home destroyed by flood. So this is Christian leader Tony Perkins who is very well known in his hometown of Louisiana, New Orleans, to be anti-gay, anti-abortion, anti-multiculturalism, and pro the Second Amendment. Big fucking shock. What is the Second Amendment? For those of you who don't know, it is the right to bear arms. So basically, this guy is fucking hardcore everything, fucking every, guns and all that horse shit, which, I mean, if you're a fucking a person of God, why you're preaching pro-fucking guns, I don't understand the correlation there. But it is what it is, I suppose. Anyways, he had his home and vehicles destroyed by the latest floods that hit Louisiana. Talk about fucking karma, right? I mean, my only wish, and, and I, you know, obviously I don't have any power over this fucking weather, but my only wish is that his parents' fucking house was also destroyed. Because clearly they were the ones that cheat that taught him the values that he is uh, trying to preach to his congregation. Uh, so it's a damn shame that his parents also didn't get their fucking house destroyed. And I'm sure, um, you know, as, as much as right now his home and vehicles are destroyed, I'm pretty sure that, air quotes here, folks, the donations to the church will find their way into this guy's fucking bank account and he will have his home restored at no charge to him. But that is just my point of view. Obviously, I have no proof to back that claim up. This is my favorite headline of the day. Hang on, let me just have a quick sip of coffee here. Thank you very much, folks. Thank you very much. So this is my favorite headline of the day. Man attempting to steal gas from an RV ends up sucking in sewage instead. Martha and Robert Clapp were parked at a Walmart parking lot charging their RV in Colorado. They were surprised in the middle of the night to see out of an, or sorry, in the middle of the day to see uh, out of their RV window a man attempting to siphon gas out of their gas tank into several jerry cans. Unfortunately, this fucking moron put the hose directly into the sewage tank not the gas tank. So the couple decided not to intervene, because why the fuck would you, but instead 
they decided to laugh and take pictures of the of the man while he was sucking on the hose. Uh, so they're taking pictures. He begins to projectile vomit once he gets to the money shot all over the Walmart parking lot. So there's no joke that I can tell at this point because the whole fucking uh, headline is one giant joke. So, you know, in retrospect, he fucking put the hose in the tank and sucked in a whole bunch of sewage. It's so great. Um, I can't make it any funnier than it already is, but I will post a picture of the fucking jerk off who uh, they, they took a picture of him actually sucking out of the sewage tank. And I will post that also on the hostile environment uh, IG page for no other reason other than the fact that you deserve to be famous. If you fucking start sucking on shit, you deserve to be famous. So I will post that picture as well at some point very shortly. Uh, this story actually just came out about three hours ago today. So this is like hostile environment breaking news. I don't have any fucking news music, but you know, the breaking news kind of fucking gimmick here. Um, and it's kind of scary, depressing, and you know, and it's somewhat startling. You know, I'm not going to lie. So here we go with this. Um, Uber carjacking ends with crash and dead driver. Two teenage girls carjacked an Uber Eats delivery car with the driver, Mohammed Anwar, still in it. Anwar, 66, died when the car subsequently crashed and the two girls have now been charged with murder. This happened in Washington, D.C. One girl is 13 years old. The other is 15 years old. Can you fucking believe that that's a real thing? 13 and 15, and they're carjacking. The two girls had also allegedly tased poor Anwar inside the vehicle after they had driven off. The insane thing about this story, other than the fact that it's actually a fucking thing, is this entire incident is on film. And I'm going to post a link to the video as soon as I'm done the show. And as soon as I download it and it's up for download, I'm going to post the link to the video on the social media accounts because this is a fucking crazy ass story. Uh, I suggest that if you do want to watch this video, you watch it quickly as possible. Because in my opinion, I would think that at some point the video will be taken down and maybe used as some sort of evidence. Um, and, and, and you know, it's, you can't really have a jury of, of your peers if this fucking video has gone viral. But anyways, I, I'm gonna post it. If it, gets, if it gets taken down, I apologize. But if you do get to see it, it's pretty crazy. And the fact that you know that two 13-year-old girls, sorry, a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old girl are actually doing this makes it even fucking crazier. Uh, the thing that really stands out to me in this video, again, other than the obvious, which is the fact that it took place, um, the thing is, there's a fucking guy who is filming this entire thing from the start where the girls are carjacking and the, the, the poor guy is telling the girls that, no, this is my car, you're not taking it, to the point where um, they somehow either pull him in or he jumps into the car and then the fucking car speeds off and then you hear the crash about eight seconds later and this fucking poor guy died. So instead of helping or doing anything, this fucking guy's first instinct like everybody else in the goddamn world right now, is to grab your fucking cell phone and tape it. Because God knows you need to fucking sell the video to a fucking reporter for fucking 300 bucks or hopefully get on Worldstar or whatever. 
But if this fucking guy had intervened even a little bit, just even tried to do anything, just get in front of the car, I don't know, anything, maybe, just fucking maybe, this poor guy wouldn't be dead right now. But it is what it is. That being said, I am going to post the video. Um, it's not graphic, so don't get freaked out. Um, it's mostly it's mostly your imagination, unfortunately, but because you know the end of the story, it is what it is. I just wish that people would fucking put their phones down and, uh, you know, get back to being a human race, but it is what it is. So those are going to be the headlines for today. And now I am going to get into that segment that I had talked about, which is basically hostile story time. So I'm going to tell you a little story to end the show and hopefully you will enjoy it. And like I said this before in a previous podcast, the hostile story time is kind of my little fucking uh, twist on everything so that I'm a little different than everybody else. Um, you know, this shit really happened to me and my friends. It is what it is. I tell you for your enjoyment. Hopefully you get a smile out of it. Um, this one involves Bird, who I haven't talked about very much on the podcast. But... Um, and the, so it's about Bird, and the story itself is called The Shoe Train. What is a shoe train, you ask? Let's talk about it. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was at work, and I was working either a double shift or I was working late, whatever the case is. Either way, I was working until 11 o'clock, and it was a Friday night. I remember talking to people throughout the day, um, just saying, hey, man, it's Friday night. You know, do you want to meet up for a beer after work, blah, blah, blah. Didn't have a lot of takers. I remember nearing nearing the end of the shift, I remember fucking, uh, I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to go home and crash, not a big deal, I kind of feel like shit. But then uh, I got a fucking a call from my buddy Bird. Bird says, hey man, my parents are gone, um, I'm throwing a huge fucking party. I'm like, ah, Bird, I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude, I'm not, you know. The thing about the Bird's friends are, the thing about Bird and his friends are, they smoked a lot of pot. And I was never a fucking weed guy, I never have been, I didn't like the smell of it. I didn't like the whole process of rolling. I tried it a few times. It was a fucking disaster. And I didn't like the way it made me feel. Um, I don't like being comatose. I just don't. Um, I don't like the fact that, you know, even getting up to go to the washroom is a fucking chore after you smoked a huge cannon. It's just not my thing. So whenever Bird would hang out with his fucking weed friends, I was never there. He did his thing. I did mine. I was never really all that tight with Bird anyways, but I was never a big weed guy. Um, so... Um, he was telling me about this huge party and I was like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know. Eventually he talks me into it. He was fucking persistent. He's like, come by. Da, da, da. It's like, all right, bird, here's the deal. I'll come by. But, um, the thing is I can't, I don't get off till 11 o'clock by that time. I've missed the liquor store, the beer store. I got nothing. Can you go for me? Can you grab me some fucking booze? Bird says, yeah, yeah I've got you. No problem. What do you want? I said, of course, beer. All right. I got you. I got to make a beer run for somebody else. I was like, all right. And, and the second part is if I'm going to come that late, uh, I'm gonna have to crash in your couch because I'm not driving home. Yeah, yeah, no worries, dude. I got you. Pillow, blanket, check, got it all. All right, bird. I'll uh, I'll get changed. I'll fucking you know do a quick little wash up, and I'll see you around 11:30 or whatever. So sure enough, get off work. Fucking uh, peeling on down to birds, and uh, I get there. And uh, of course, when I get there, um, there's only one fucking dude sitting on the porch smoking a joint. Um, I hear very faint music. So I rolled on my windows. I hear very faint music coming out and there's no cars in the driveway. Now, before I go any further, the two things that you'll have to know about bird is one, the fucking guy smoked more dope than I've ever seen anyone else smoke in my life. He would fucking wake up in the morning. He would wake and bake. Then he would fucking smoke steadily throughout the day. 
And then, of course, as soon as it got a little dark, then he would go hard and he would just fucking smoke and weed after weed plus cigarettes and weed and weed. Anyways, I've never, it was fucking disgusting. Um, and the second thing is Bird is a fucking snake. He is the most untrustworthy fucking person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, he would sell you out for fucking anything. If, if he even remotely thought that fucking he could get laid, he would sell you down the river. He wasn't trustworthy. He would lie to your face. He was just, we, we used to call him the snake. So um, that's what you need to know about Bird. Um, so those two things being said, when I got up to the house, of course, I see the one dude on the porch smoking a joint. I pull into the empty driveway. I knock on the door. Actually, I walk right in. And um, as I walk in, um, I see fucking uh, Bird sitting there. Uh, I see his ugly girlfriend sitting there. And I see a couple other guys sitting there. Of course, they're all smoking dope. Um, now, Bird's girlfriend, by the way, uh, we named her Millennium. Derek and I and Tone, we used to call her Millennium. And the reason we called her Millennium was because there was a show on in the 90s called Millennium Man. And the fucking guy named Lance, I think it was Lance Henriksen or something along those lines, the star of the show was a fucking guy who was maybe, I don't know, in his 50s, and his fucking face was all fucked up. It looked like basically he'd sat in the sun too long. And that's what this chick looked like. She looked like this 55-year-old dude. So we called her Millennium Man. And uh, she hated it. Uh, we didn't care because Bird's a fucking snake. And his girlfriend was ugly. So that's what we called her. Um, so I get in there and I see what's going on. And I go to Bird and go, hey, man, what the, you know, dude, what the fuck? And he says, oh, man, everybody fucking bailed. And I said, like, Bird, like, you couldn't have fucking called me and told me that fucking everyone had bailed on the party. Um, you know, like, I told you I really didn't want to come. So, and if you knew this, well, why would you even fucking, like, just give me a heads up? Oh, sorry, dude, I forgot, man. Fucking whatever. Fuck you. So, anyways, I sat down. I was like, all right, whatever, fuck, I'm already here. So I said, Bert, can I grab my beer? Oh, dude, I totally forgot to grab you your beer, man. I said, how the fuck do you forget? You got beer. Where's my beer? Oh, man, I totally forgot about yours. I got mine, though. I was like, all right, well, I'm fucking taking a couple of your beers. And he goes, oh, no, dude, here, I got you. So he gets up. He brings me one of his beers, but then he brings me an LCBO fucking bag, puts this bottle on the table. I take the fucking bottle out of the fucking wrapper it's a 26er of fucking Malibu coconut rum. So I was like, Bird, I'm not fucking drinking a 26er of fucking coconut rum. And he says, what, what do you mean, man? It's fucking booze. And I'm like, dude, like nobody drinks a fucking 26er of fucking coconut rum. It, it's to take a shot here and there. It's for girls. Like, fuck, man. Like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you, you fucking jerk off? Oh, sorry, dude. It's all I got. Whatever. So well, now I'm really fucking pissed off. I just want to fucking put Bird through a wall. But I fucking suck it up. I sit down. I start drinking my, the couple of beers that are fucking there. Uh, within like maybe, you know, half an hour, uh, a couple of the guys say, you know what? We're going to fucking take off. I'm like, oh, of course. You know, why wouldn't you? Because this fucking party is so great. You guys are all fucking stoned. I'm sitting here like a tool. Uh, so they fucking get up and walk out. And as they fucking, they exit the fucking building, uh, it's just me, Bird, and his ugly girlfriend. And within like fucking five minutes of these guys fucking bailing, Bird says, oh, dude, you know, we're fucking, we're so fucking stoned, man. We're going to fucking go to bed. I was like, Bird, I was like, dude, seriously, man, like this is, I'm so fucking angry right now. So I'm sitting there, I'm fucking seething and fucking Bird grabs his ugly girlfriend's hand, picks, they fucking walk into Bird's bedroom, door closes. 
I looked down the hallway. Sure enough, they're in the fucking bedroom. I know that for a fact. And I'm like, fuck this. Now it's fun time. I'm going to do something to Bird. I'm, I'm, I'm just, instead of smashing the shit out of his house, which is my first instinct, I have to do something. So what am I going to do? I'm going to call a hooker. And I'm going to call a hooker, and I'm going to say my name is Chris, and it's a Friday night, and I'm fucking lonely. So that's what I did. I went on Craigslist, got a fucking hooker, and I ordered, him to, to, I ordered her to Bird's house. I sit back. I hang up the phone. I sit back, and I'm like, okay, hooker's on the way. Now what do I do? I can't be seen, because if I'm seen, when the hooker gets here, if I'm, if I'm in the living room standing there, she's going to either see me and bail, or she's going to wonder what the fuck is going on, because I'm going to try and usher into Chris's room. So I figured the best thing to do was to not be in the room at all. Well, how do I fucking get her into Chris's room? Well, the first thing I did was I fucking went and I found something to put on Chris's door, a piece of paper. I wrote on it, please come in and uh, come into the bedroom. So then I was like, okay, well, how does she know which bedroom is, is his? Well, I have to figure out a way to get her in there. So I went into Chris's shoe closet and I grabbed all the fucking shoes from his parents and his sisters and his shoes and whatever. And I made it like a shoe train uh, all the way, like breadcrumbs basically, but with shoes from the front door all the way down the hallway into Chris's room. And I wrote on the sign on the door, the front door, follow the shoes to my bedroom. So I'm sitting there, I'm fucking drinking a few sips of this terrible fucking rum. I'm not so angry now because I know this is going to be worth it. I just don't know how it's going to go down. So as I'm sitting there, I do see the fucking headlights pull up and I'm like, boom, showtime. So I fucking grab my shit and I fucking scurry into the kitchen and I'm hiding behind a wall and I hear the fucking door open and don't I hear the fucking hooker say, oh, follow the shoe train, which fucking, I almost lost my shit right there. So I hear her high heels walking through Chris's fucking uh, uh, house and then I hear the fucking door open and then fucking money. Boom. The screaming starts. Ah, you fucking whore. What the fuck? Who the fuck are you? Ah. Then I hear Chris saying, Jay, what the fuck? Who is this fucking check? What the fuck's going on? Then I hear the hooker screaming, shut your fucking mouth. Who the fuck is Chris? Fucking someone's got to pay me, blah, blah, blah. So the best thing for me to do at that point is to exit the premises immediately because I want nothing to do with how this shakes out. So I fucking fire out the back door, scurry to the side of the house, jump in my fucking car, and fucking boogie out of there. I'm on my way home. I'm thinking, I'm laughing my ass off. I have no clue how the fucking night ended because by the time it did, I was probably already home. Then I talked to Bird the next day and I'm like, hey man, how'd that fucking go? Sort of scenario. Like, I was like, oh, who's that random chick who just came in? You fuck you. You fucking know exactly who that was. I knew was, I knew you fucking called a hooker. Da, 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 da. So I asked him, I was like, how did it end, dude? Like, what happened? And he said, well, she wouldn't fucking leave the house. She refused until we gave her some fucking money. So I had to give her fucking 50 bucks because she called this fucking dude who came over and fucking started banging on my door and said he was going to fucking take all my shit or smash my fucking house unless I paid him. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that was her pimp. Uh, apparently, and I didn't know this until that day, even if a hooker shows up, you have to pay her for her time. Even though services weren't rendered, she still did technically show up. So I guess it's kind of like having a union job where... If you show up for fucking 50 minutes of work and get sent home, you get paid for fucking four hours regardless. I'm guessing it's kind of on the same lines. So maybe that wasn't her pimp, more of a union rep. Either way, Bird had to pay the fucking hooker 50 bucks just to exit the premises. And oh, by the way, the one thing about Millennium that I didn't mention and I should have said before uh, the hooker actually arrived was uh, one of the things that Bird had told us about Millennium 
was that, and I didn't know this was a thing until I met her, she has a foot fuck fetish, which was basically she would sit on Bird's foot uh, and that was how they would have sex. Um, I'm sure there was other things involved as well, but that definitely happened. So the amount of times that I used to see Chris get a shower before bed and then have to hop to his bedroom because he didn't want to put that foot down on the ground, so he would hop from the shower to the bedroom. Once they were inside, I guess he would put a condom on his foot and she would sit on his foot. And yes, that was a thing. So he regrets telling us that because obviously, you know, he couldn't trust us because fuck Bert, he's a snake. So we used to fucking make fun of her all the time about how ugly she was, the foot fucking. Anyway, she fucking hated us. So that's Millennium. So anyways, that's going to wrap up my hostile story time for the day. This being episode number nine, like I said, episode number 10 will be big. Brand new logo, brand new music, and a whole episode dedicated to one fucking story. Now this story is so good that I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that uh, this will be my most downloaded episode ever other than my first episode. My first episode did really good numbers. Uh, I've been fluctuating here and there, which is actually surprising because I thought the story of me getting kicked out of the Asian mall by all the Chinese guys would have got a huge fucking uh, download, but uh, it kind of tailed off. I thought that that was a really good episode. But that being said, the first episode I did was my biggest number, uh, and I have been pretty fucking steady. Like I said, I'm at 300 downloads almost, so I'm pretty fucking hyped about that. So thank you guys again. Uh, But yeah, I, I predict that episode number 10 will be my best episode just for content purposes alone, if nothing else. But the fact that I'm also bringing all this other new shit in as well, I think will have a profound impact. And it goes to show you that not only am I getting better as a podcaster, but I'm also trying to get better as an artist as well. So the more, the the more downloads I get, the more subscriptions I get, the more feedback I get, I will keep building and I will not give up until fucking, you know, until I get big numbers, and I have a few ideas on how I'm going to do that, but I don't want to fucking let everything out, because I do have more fucking content to give you, and I don't want to fucking spoil everything right off the bat. So, thank you for episode, thank you for tuning in to episode number nine. I will talk to you on Thursday, and I'm very fucking hyped for this episode. Have a good week, and enjoy your day.